0: always enjoy our time of worship and I hope you've been edified and that our, your heart is prepared now to jump into what God has for us in his word. If you have your Bibles, open to Mark chapter number 12 and we're going to continue our series that we started at the beginning of this year about reaching. As Christians, we ought to be reaching more and more with every passing day, with every passing year, we ought to be reaching. And we've uh, we've spoken about different areas in the Christian life where we ought to be reaching. And uh, this morning, we want to continue uh, with another area in our life that is important to do so. Mark chapter number 12, and we'll be reading from verse number 41 to verse number 44. But before we jump into that, let me just say that uh, thank you to Pastor John for filling in last week uh, as I was gone. Uh, thank you for those that were praying as we, uh, as we, myself and my family, traveled uh, to San Diego and uh, got back safely. And uh, I, I just want to say thank you uh, to each one for, for thinking of us and uh, praying for us. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to verse 44. <clears throat> Before we read that, let me just say that a growing Christian is one who is reaching in every area of their life. A growing Christian is one who is reaching in every area of their life. They're reaching in their prayer life. They want a prayer life that is closer to God. They're reaching in their walk with God. They want a faith that reflects a walking with God, not a a faith that is knowing about God, but one that is walking with God. They want a faith Uh, that leads them to share the gospel with others, uh, to reach others with a message that can change their eternal destination, a message of good news. And a growing Christian is one that is reaching in that area of their life. But nothing reveals our heart for reaching more than the area of giving. Giving is an area of our life as Christians that really reflect just how much we really want to reach. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm the kind of person that loves uh, hearing about uh, large donations and stories of people just kind of running into uh, unexpected money. And uh, on the Internet, I was kind of looking for stories like that. And uh, I read a story, it uh, uh, happened in early, like 2001, 2002. There was this Portuguese aristocrat, Uh, by the name of Luis Carlos de Noronja Cabral de Camara. That's a long name, all right? These aristocrats apparently have really long names, really rich. But but he was a young man. He was about 29 years old at the time. It was 1988, and he decided that he was going to leave an inheritance to 13 random people. He was not married. He had no children uh, from what? I gathered uh, from reading on different sources about his life. It seemed like he was a man that wasn't really too happy. He was a man that, with much of his wealth, was uh, living that kind of lifestyle that was wasting away not only his own body, but even his wealth. And, And so he decided to get his lawyer, two witnesses, and he bought a phone book. Now, for those that are too young to remember phone books, phone books were actually books where there was lists of the people in your city, their names, address, and a phone number. Because um, phones used to be in homes, right? They weren't mobile. Um, so he opens his phone book, goes to the city of Lisbon, which is where he was from, and he picked out 13 random people, wrote them into his will, and he died 13 years later at the age of 42. When they began to call these people to let them know that they were about to inherit uh, quite, a, quite a bit, a few thousand dollars each, they initially thought it was a scam. They said, "If we don't know who this guy is, we don't know what this is all about. And later they came to find out that he had just randomly picked their name in the phone book to leave them some of his inheritance that he had uh, gained in his lifetime. Listening to that story, I thought, why couldn't he pick Mission, Texas? You know, Jerry Mendoza. No, no, he picked Lisbon. But uh, these these stories, I, I like hearing about it because it's it's impressive when things like that happen. It's impressive to hear when that happens to to someone maybe that we know or someone that in our city, uh, and 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 we are easily impressed with large donations. In fact. We love receiving large donations. We love hearing about large donations. And, and the reason is because large donations get the big projects done, right? Uh, in our life, we want to remodel our uh, living room. You're going to need a large donation for that, right? Uh, we we want to buy a new car. Well, you're going to need a large donation. You're going to have to save up. You're going to have to do something. But it's a big expense. And so when someone's going to give you freely something like that, we, we're impressed with that donation. We're impressed with the donor. We're kind of just in awe sometimes. We go, wow, this guy has all this money and he's willing to give and share some of that with me. And you're not talking about 20 bucks here. You're talking about $20,000 when he giving me a car. And we're easily impressed by that. But in Mark chapter 12, the passage that we're going to read about today, we're going to read how Jesus was impressed with a lady that was reaching in her life in this area of giving, by giving less than a penny. Less than a penny. Now, how can Jesus be impressed by that? It's not even a big donation. How can Jesus be impressed by that? And how can she really be reaching in her life when she's giving less than a penny? Notice what the story says in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 And Jesus sat over against the treasury. And beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance." But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. This morning, I want to share two truths that prove we are reaching in the area of giving in our life. This widow, poor, giving two mites, which only makes up one farthing. The reason that that's being explained is Mark is Jewish at least he's half-Jewish, and he's writing to the Christians in Rome. And he's sharing with them the life of Jesus, the gospel, that's why it's called the gospel of Mark, it's the life of Jesus. And he's explaining to them that two mites in Palestine, there in Jerusalem, in, in, in Israel, in that economy, only equaled about one farthing in the Roman economy. One farthing in the Roman economy was their lowest denominational coin. In our economy, it would be one penny. So she's giving a half a penny, a half a cent, two that makes one penny. And Jesus is sitting at the one I want you to picture this. Jesus is sitting there at the temple. And he's in this temple. There's a, an area called the Court of Women. And in the Court of Women, everybody could be there. This, is, this was open to the public. And there's where they had all the offering plates. And now Jesus is just sitting there. And he's looking at people as they're giving. There's a lot of people the Bible says in verse number 41 that were giving a lot of money. But Jesus is not impressed by them. But he sees this one widow who goes and gives a half a cent in two of the different offering plates and there were 13 of offering plates. She gives one half of a cent in one and a half of a cent perhaps in another. And Jesus sees this and he's so impressed that he calls his disciples, "Hey guys, 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 come here." I want you to know something. This lady that gave a half a cent in that and in that gave more than anyone I've seen today. How can that be? How could he honestly say that? What does he mean by that? How can that really be true? What Jesus was about to teach his disciples, how in the area of giving in their life, they ought to be reaching for more. And he uses this widow to teach them what that really means, what that's all about. And let me tell you, it's not about the donation size. It ain't about the donor. So how do we know then when we're reaching? How did she know, or how did Jesus, how could he tell that she was reaching in her life in this area? How is it that we can tell if we are? Let me share two truths about that and then we'll be done. Number one, we're reaching in the area of giving in our life when we're not thinking about who is watching us. On this particular day, Jesus is at the temple. He's sitting and watching what is happening around. The Bible doesn't really say that anyone noticed that Jesus was doing that. The disciples apparently didn't notice what Jesus was doing. They were probably sitting there talking about what they're going to do that week. As disciples of Jesus, they'd been busy. There's been times when they've had conferences where they're feeding people of crowds of 5,000 or more. There's been times where, where they've just been uh, helping people that are blind and helping people that are lame and giving to the poor. And, and they're doing all these projects and outreach things. And, and they're there and they're learning from Jesus and they're applying what they're learning and they're teaching others. And, 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 and Jesus has given them some authority to be able to even heal some people and to be able to cast out demons. And, and so they're busy. Probably not even thinking or noticing what Jesus is doing, as Jesus is just sitting there, watching. Jo- Jesus is noticing what is happening around them. He sees the religious leaders. He sees their ceremonial giving. He sees as many of them talk about their giving as many of them are probably shaking the, the sack of coins as they're going to the offering plates and here, putting some here and putting some here and going around perhaps to all 13 of them. If you're wondering why there was 13, by the way, offering plates in, in the temple, it's because uh, they used about six of them to make sure that they were going to be paying their taxes to Rome. Uh, they used uh, two of them to, uh, for, for the uh, offering that was, you know, the... Uh, burnt offerings and uh, and and the peace offerings, and so if someone didn't have, of course, the uh, the bull to sacrifice or, or 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 the ram or the lamb, they could just give their offering of the equivalent of what that would cost. And then they had four offering plates or five offering plates that were free will offerings. Most likely, this widow was giving in the free will offering plates because burnt offerings cost more than what would be two mites and. Uh, taxes would probably be a whole lot more than that. So Jesus is sitting here; he's watching, and he's watching some give a whole lot, and they're probably going to everyone. But this widow, this widow's not doing that. You know, this widow, as she is giving, isn't even noticing who's watching. She has no idea that Jesus is sitting off to the side somewhere, just observing. She has probably no idea if anyone else is looking at her. She she knows that people are looking at the large donors. She knows that the religious leaders like the Pharisees and the Sadducees are are doing what they do, wearing their long robes, wearing really nice in their suit and black suit and tie, and and probably at a platform talking. She can see that all that's happening. But she doesn't notice who really is watching her. She's just giving, giving, not thinking about who's watching. Now, two things stick out about that. Number one, on this time of giving, this this, this idea of giving when no one's watching, she wasn't giving, hoping that others would see her. She wasn't giving, hoping that others would see her. You should never give looking around to see who's watching you and hoping that they are watching you. Anyone that's looking to reach more in their life, in the area of giving, as a Christian, isn't too worried about, did they see how much I gave? Did they see me drop something in the offering plate? Did they see me texting or not? Because texting, I was giving. That's why we were texting during that time. Did they see that? I wonder. I wonder if Pastor noticed that. Notice a Christian that is reaching in the area of giving is not thinking about who's watching. They're not hoping others will see. Now it's greatly appreciated to have some recognition sometimes when we are giving. There's there's nothing wrong with sometimes recognizing someone that's giving but that's not the reason to be giving this widow wasn't giving for that it's interesting to me that jesus pointed this out many times in his ministry many times as he was teaching about giving he would he would talk about the importance of not giving hoping that others would see in fact look in in your notes in matthew chapter 6 this is a different occasion when jesus is teaching and he says this he says beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them otherwise you have no reward with your father who is in heaven so when you give to the poor do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus advocated for this kind of giving. This kind of giving that says, I'm not really giving hoping that others are going to honor me for it. Recognize me for it. Or even seeing what I'm doing. You want to start reaching more this year in your giving. Don't do it loudly. Uh, Make it something that's a personal decision in here. In your heart saying, God, I want to reach more. By giving this year, not with the intention of others seeing me whatsoever. In fact, I'm not even going to pay attention to who's watching. This widow went to the temple that day to give her two mites, not hoping others would see her. But I also believe that she gave not desiring a recompense. Now, this second truth is seen in the fact that Jesus never mentions her needs, he simply states that she's a widow who is poor. What were the circumstances, though, of her poverty? How did she become so poor? How did she live day to day? Uh, what, what did she do? What was her job? We don't know any of that. Yet, she did not give hoping that would change. She didn't say, well, let me put this in the free will offering because I'm poor and God knows maybe, maybe somebody will look in the phone book and choose my name. If I can just give two minds. She had no idea or desire to say, well, you know, I really need God to do something for me, so here you go, God, now you owe me. You owe me something now. I mean, listen, I gave something of mine to you, now you owe me back. Many times, if we're not careful, we get to this area in our life, this is an important area of the Christian life because it reflects our heart. And instead of trying to reach more in that area, we're we're trying to say, well, if I do give more, does that mean that God's going to give me more? I mean, I've heard it. Hey, uh, I shovel in and God shovels back and his shovel's bigger than mine. And that is true. God's blessings are much more than we deserve. They, they They are much bigger than we can ever imagine but that's not the reason to give. If you're going to reach more in your life this year in giving, don't give hoping that others will see you. Don't give desiring a recompense from God. God, now you owe me. That's not impressive to God. That doesn't get God's attention. There was many that day in the temple that were giving and giving that way, but this widow... She was different. She wasn't concerned about some reward. She wasn't concerned about who's going to recognize her for it. She was living that principle that Jesus had taught in Matthew chapter 6. Go back to Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. It says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. See, when you seek the kingdom of God above all else, it translates in our giving because when we give, we're not expecting some recompense. It's not a giving to see what I can get. It's a giving to see what I can do for God. Seeking the kingdom first, that that, that was reflected in her heart as she gave just two mites. It's important to understand this morning if we're going to reach in our area, the area of giving in our life as Christians. Can't be worried about who's watching us. Can't be giving hoping that somebody notices and we can't be giving hoping for a recompense. Jesus was impressed with this widow because she wasn't even conscious of who was watching her. Number two, We're reaching in the area of giving in our Christian life when we are giving beyond our surplus. Jesus said, This poor widow casts more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, not from the amount that she gave. No. Jesus isn't speaking about the donation she gave. But in 44, he explains that thought. For all they did cast in of their abundance, the surplus that they had. But she of her want did cast in all that she had. Surplus can be defined as an amount of something left over when requirements have been met, an excess of production or supply over demand. In other words, when my paycheck comes, the surplus is what's left over after I pay the car payment. Electric, uh, the electricity, the water, the mortgage. After I, I pay all that's required of me, then the surplus is what's left. And Jesus is saying, this, this, this widow, she wasn't doing that. There was a lot of people that day, as Jesus was watching them give, that were giving of their abundance, of the surplus that they had. But reaching in the Christian life and this area of giving is given beyond that it's not giving of our surplus now surplus giving is not bad giving please don't misunderstand me not sitting here and saying well if if you're giving surplus you're really not giving that's that's not what i'm saying you're giving praise god for that giving sir, uh, a surplus giving is not bad giving in fact it's very helpful many times in giving. But we're not reaching when we're surplus giving. That's not evidence of a Christian that is trying to reach more in their life in giving. Reaching is displayed in our life when we give out of our poverty, not out of our surplus. Reaching is displayed in our life not when we give out of our poverty, surplus but out of our poverty this widow jesus said didn't give out of her abundance but out of her poverty now to do this in our life this is going to require sacrifice it requires sacrifice in fact mark puts this detail in at the very end he says she cast in all that she had even all her living. Now that phrase, all her living, it's probably not signaling all her savings and, and, and all that she had in, her, in a bank account, if she even had a bank account. That's not what he was saying. Now that saying is probably signaling that that was what she had made in her daily wage. That was about the average for someone that was a widow and was poor. That that was what they would make, about two mites a day. So all that she had made that day went in there. Sacrifice. Someone has pointed out that she had two mites, and she easily could have kept one. But she didn't. She easily could have said, Look, I'm giving you 50% of what I've made today. 50%. I don't even know what the uh, minimum wage is now. Is it like seven fifty or something? Eight bucks. If, if, if it's an eight-hour day, then eight times eight, sixty-four. Sixty-four bucks. So she could give one mite. That's like thirty-two dollars. But she wasn't going to give just one mite. She was going to give everything she made that day, even all her living. Now that's sacrifice. Not that 50% is surplus, but 100%, that's sacrifice. This widow in her life was looking to reach, reach a place she'd never been in the area of giving in her life. Now, why she gave that much, I don't know. Jesus doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say. What led her to do that, I have no idea. But it does reflect something about her. It reflects her heart. Everything she had went into that offering. Everything. Probably not easy to do. In fact, kind of reminds me of the people of Macedonia and the, Philippi. There in 2 Corinthians, I put it there in your notes, chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Paul said that there's this church that was so poor, but out of their poverty, they were giving to a church that was much larger than them and much richer, the church in Jerusalem. But the church in Jerusalem was in need, and they decided to give out of their poverty because of the grace of God that had been shown to them. That leads me to believe that this widow probably had seen the grace of God in her life. How did she see the grace of God in her life? I don't know. Probably in the plate of food that she had eaten the day before. Probably in the fact that she had health enough to just go and work. Probably in the the fact that, hey, somebody gave her some money for doing something, and, and now she had something to give. You know, kind of those blessings that we get of God that we hardly ever think about most of the time. It's amazing what one trip to the hospital will do for us, right? Suddenly, church isn't as boring as it was before. And the Bible isn't as irrelevant as it was before. It requires sacrifice to give that way. Not out of surplus, but out of deep poverty. Mark 14, he'll later write about that, two chapters later, about Jesus. The week when he was going to die, a woman by the name of Mary came to him and she poured out this costly perfume on his feet. People criticized her for it. What are you doing? You could have sold that. You could have given money to the poor. You could have done so much with that. But for her, it was everything she had giving wasn't based on surplus to Jesus. Her giving was based on what do I have? Not only will this require sacrifice, it requires faith. Hmm. You know, I don't know if she thought about it at all in this manner, but you give two mites and that's all you got, that's your day's wage. Where's the next meal going to come from? How's she going to pay her creditors that week? Now she's going to have to live off of six days of working. Well, one day Sabbath they didn't work; there was everything was closed. So now you're going on five days. What is she going to do? You know when we when we reach in our life on this area of giving, reaching is when it requires faith. To give what we want to give. You see, a life that is reaching lives by faith, not by sight. And our giving can actually reflect our faith. When our faith is lacking, so is our giving. The widow was living a life of faith that was reaching even in her poverty. Can I say something? You don't have to have a vast amount of money to give to God. It doesn't require a vast amount of money to reflect faith. It simply requires this. Is it sacrifice that you're giving? Is really what you're giving sacrificial to you? Or is it surplus? Is it what's left over when I've paid all my bills and even some of my wants? You see, if what you give is surplus, then faith will be low and absent. But if what you give is sacrificial then faith will be high and visible. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So this morning, I just want to remind us that a growing Christian is a reaching Christian. One that is reaching a greater prayer life, a greater walk with God and wanting to reach others with the gospel, but also one that is reaching in this area of giving. Pastor, I, h- how do I know if I'm doing that? Well, number one, are you concerned about who's watching you when you give? Are you concerned if the church is going to honor you with something, or do you not even notice who's watching when you give? Secondly, is what you're giving is it out of your surplus? Or are you really sacrificially giving? I want to encourage us today. Give like never before. Make 2023, this year where we're focusing on reaching, make this year be a, a year where, listen, I'm giving like I've never given before. Maybe I did give in 2022 and maybe I gave sacrificially, but this year, sacrificially, I want to do even more. If all I gave was a little bit of my surplus, I definitely don't want to live a surplus giving life in 2023. By the way, giving starts at church. But can I encourage you in something? Don't let giving stop there. Listen, there... There's a lot of things as Christians we ought to be giving towards. We ought to be known as people that are giving people. You know, when when when, when we give of our time with people, there's other charities and causes that we ought to be giving for. Now, listen, we we, we try to do that in our church setting, but listen, there's sometimes where. Even outside of these four walls and outside of this program of the church, there's there's things that probably demand us to be more giving in. Let me tell you something. When you do that, everything changes. Have you ever been around a giving person? You'll notice some things about a giving person. Number one, they're happy a lot. You'll find that. Now, the reason for that is God established this principle. It is more blessed. Blessed is the word happy. So you're more happy when you give than when you receive. You'll find when you get around people that are giving, they're always happy. That's just just how they are. You'll find this as well. That, 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 That people that are really giving are loving people. They love. It's amazing, but you can feel that love. The way they talk, and how they look at you, and what they talk about. It's amazing. I want to challenge us in this year of 2023 let's be that kind of life one that's giving. The last thing I'll point out about this passage is that this is the last public thing that Jesus did in his ministry. In about a week, after he points out what this widow did, he himself will give the greatest example of giving. As he'll lay down his life and be crucified. Jesus wasn't just one talking to his disciples about, hey, this is what giving is all about. Jesus displayed it in his life. That's why no one ever loved like Jesus. That's why no one was as happy as Jesus. Joyful. This morning, let me encourage you. Be. Be a Christian that's reaching in your giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for the example of this widow. Father, how easily we can become enamored with large donations and the donors who give them. But Father, I pray that we would realize today that that's really not an indication of us being any kind of Christian that's growing. In fact, we can give that way through the surplus of blessings that we've received from you. Father, that's not the kind of life we want to live in this year. We don't want to be conformed to what we did last year and just comfortable with where we're at. Father, I pray that we would be a people, a church that is reaching further in this area of giving. Help us to take our eyes off of those around us and put them on you. Help us not to be giving with the second motive of what we're going to get back from it us to give because your kingdom should be sought above all else. And Father, help us t- to live and give sacrificially and by faith. Father, this morning we love you. but We don't want to just say it. We want to live it. So be with us throughout this week. I ask that you would give us opportunities to give, to reflect your heart and your love, to reflect that you're a God that gives. So be with us this week, I pray. Help us to reach more this week in the area of giving. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.